The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. It's good to arrive in this group and see familiar faces and also see new people that we we don't know yet. Um, and if you are new or you're new to this practice, um, raise your hand or put something something in the chat to let me know that you're just starting this because that helps me support the people who are newer to it as well as those who, who have been doing this for a while. So thank you to anyone who wants to either uh, post in the chat how long you've, you know, that you're new and you haven't been doing this long, or let me know sometime later in the evening. All right. So this evening, um, I want to re- share some reflections. Um, last week, I shared some equanimity practice uh, with this group using the phrase that we could extend as a wish for ourselves and others. I am the heir or the owner of my own karma. My happiness or unhappiness is the result of my actions, not upon my wishes for them. So I shared, by the way, that the word karma means actions and consequences. And you'll hear karma, that's the Sanskrit word, or you'll you'll sometimes hear kama, which is the Pali word for the same thing, actions and consequences. So I'm going to share that phrase again. I am the heir to my own karma or the owner of my own karma. My happiness or unhappiness is the result of my actions, not upon my wishes for them. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is it has a lot to do, too, with this practice of loving-kindness, or metta. The power of the practice depends on the sincerity and depth of our intentions as a starting point, you know, we call, if we're saying it for ourselves or we're saying it for someone else, we call the person fully to mind and heart for whom we're doing the practice first. And it it's important to really reflect on them in whatever way that you can. Sometimes it's memories of them or bringing up their image, um, bringing up thoughts about them or words about them. Um, about their good qualities, about the reasons that you want to extend this practice to them, and then sending these well wishes of, or even feelings, radiating feelings, or sending verbal well wishes to them for kindness or any of the other Brahma Viharas or practices that we do here. And this helps us cultivate the state of mind and heart that is necessary for true kindness to emerge. So contrast that, cultivation of intention, really working with uh, as much as you can think or feel about the person um, and about their good qualities, um, to just saying the phrases as if they were magic words. If we were just to uh, say magic words, like, like say, may you be happy, um, that would be wishful thinking and not so effective in cultivating kindness as contrasted with having some sense of the person in mind or having some sense 
of yourself if you're saying it for yourself and the good qualities of that person. It's by cultivating over time those emotions, those heartfelt qualities and thoughts of kindness, you know, seeing the kindness in the other person or in ourself that gradually helps us train this kinder heart. And by the way, I'm not saying that you are automatically going to feel kind towards everyone uh, from the beginning of this practice or even down the road, especially if you're trying to cultivate loving kindness for someone for whom you have mixed feelings or you've been on the receiving end of a difficult, you know, neglect or cruelty from them or the person is difficult for you, that will take some time. Uh, Even sometimes if you've been on the receiving end of cruelty or neglect in your life over a longer period of time, it can take time to heal enough to cultivate kindness to any person, including yourself. It'll be gradual. It will take time. And that's not a problem. It's incremental, a tiny step at a time. So most of us start out by recognizing loving kindness or kindness is a good idea. You know, we're more thinking it maybe than we're feeling it at first. We may more be acknowledging it mentally than feeling it in the heart or the body or any other way. And we can usually agree that people would probably prefer, almost anyone we can think of, would probably prefer to be on the receiving end of kindness. So at first, perhaps we're just extending the mental acknowledgement that others want to be well and happy, more so than having some strong heartfelt sense of it. But if we start bringing to mind all the good qualities, the person who is the object of our loving kindness, all their good qualities, if we bring those to mind, uh, and the fact that they too are human, and want a life of less suffering, then phrase by phrase, session by session, little by little, this emotional sense maybe of empathy uh, or kindness as we extend the wishes may start to grow. And we gradually bring more of that heartfelt quality into the practice to the point where when it's, um, when we're more mature in this, we can radiate the feelings of kindness without words in all six, what are considered all six directions, the four cardinal directions above and below. So you'll sometimes hear this practice offered that way. It takes most of us some, you know, work with the phrases or words to get to that point. So if we want to cultivate metta, this quality of kindness, another tactic that does not work is sending wishes of loving kindness to other people with an agenda, (laughs) a kind of inner demand or intention that it's other people around us who need to change. This approach doesn't tend to cultivate kindness. It just plain doesn't work. And why is that? Because it doesn't give other people credit for having their own life experiences and their own paths of healing. When we ignore another person's own wisdom about how they might wish to grow, or we ignore the particular way they're developing um, by having our own agenda for them, they don't tend to feel like we're on their side somehow. 
Um, so the way loving kindness practice tends to work is that each person cultivates this quality, our own mind and heart, which I'll call heart mind because it's considered to be one thing in the East. And I think there's wisdom in that. Um, we cultivate that over time. And when we're seasoned enough by these practices, the heart mind becomes capable of kinder thoughts, which leads to kinder words and also to kinder actions, behaviors towards ourselves and towards other people. So the loving kindness we'd like to see in the world develops when we cultivate these three aspects of what is called action in Buddhism, uh, thinking, speech, and actual behavior. Um, when we cultivate those levels of kindness in ourselves, others are more likely to reciprocate either with kindness or at least with less harm because they won't see us as a threat. If they know we're not going to do anything harmful, we're coming from a kind place. So very often that results in an improvement in the behavior in the people around you, not because you had an agenda, but because you were kinder. So these, this thinking, speaking, and behaving with kindness are the actions. Those are the kinds of actions that are referred to in the equanimity phrase, I am the heir or I am the owner of my own karma. My happiness or unhappiness is the result of my actions, not upon my wishes for them. So with those reflections, uh, let's do some meditation practice. Finding a way to sit this evening that is, or lie down, um, that's mostly as comfortable or as relaxed or as easeful as is possible for you right now. Sometimes we can help our process of relaxation with some deep breaths and releasing any preoccupations or tensions that are easily released. And if there are body sensations, emotions, or thoughts that are not easily released, acknowledging them as phenomenon experiences that want to be seen, want to be held by us with some care.
with everything that's coming to awareness right now, the pleasant things, the unpleasant things, the things that are neither pleasant nor unpleasant, everything included, allowing yourself to bring your own good qualities to mind. Any moments that you are kind or were kind, even if it's very small, giving somebody a smile, or if it's large, any level of kindness counts. So allowing yourself to register your good intentions and your good actions of kindness. Don't restrain yourself. Allow, you know, memories or anything to come up that's relevant. Could be a moment when you suddenly saw someone who had been difficult was struggling. A little kindness entered your thoughts. And extending these inclinations of mind towards yourself. But as you do it, or as you've been sitting here, allowing thoughts or feelings to come up about kindness that you've shown or you've felt, notice any thoughts about yourself that came up with those. Any kind of thought could be positive thoughts, could be challenging thoughts, pleasant or unwanted thoughts, anything, all of it. Just allow yourself to notice and register the way you tend to think about yourself when it comes to kindness. And treating those thoughts, whatever they were, with the utmost care and gentleness, even if they were kind of tough thoughts, hard to hear internally. Let yourself treat them like you're handling the youngest part of yourself, the part that really needs tenderness. and extend to all parts of yourself these wishes of kindness. May I be safe from inner and outer harm.
May I be well. Wishing yourself well sincerely, no matter how your mind works or how it thinks about you, wishing yourself well. May I be happy. I'm here to be present, to grow and cultivate a kind heart. That intention alone is worthy of your wishing yourself. May I be happy. May I live with ease. We all know that life can have its ups and downs. It can be very tough, very challenging. And part of the way our thoughts about ourselves develop is around our attempts to survive and deal with the challenges. But surely... As we do this practice, we can have the intention and can move towards living with ease. May I live with ease. Mental ease is what we're talking about. Emotional ease. Continuing with these wishes for yourself and noticing any thoughts about yourself that come up, supportive thoughts, thoughts that might not be so supportive, simply allowing and observing, not feeding them any more fuel, but just noticing what they are when they do come up and meanwhile wishing yourself Safety from inner and outer harm. Wishing yourself well-being. Wishing yourself happiness. And wishing yourself living with mental ease. 
If your attention drifts away from the practice, simply notice where your thoughts, where your attention has gone, and gently bringing it back to well wishes for yourself. And offering these wishes with the acknowledgement that all human beings want to be happy, want to be on the receiving end of kindness, including you. Whether at this point in your practice, you're simply sending the thoughts with the best image of yourself, the best thoughts about yourself the best intentions, or it's a deep feeling in the heart. Either way is absolutely fine. Just sending these kind wishes to yourself. And then turning your attention to someone who is of support to you. This could be a living person, a living creature, uh, could be somebody you know very well, or someone you don't really know that well, but you're sure of their support for you. You can feel it. Bringing their qualities, whatever the way that you experience this kindness from them or this support from them, bringing that fully to mind in words, images, memories, allowing that to really fill the mind, fill the heart.
And noticing in the process of building this kind intention toward this person, noticing any thoughts or a person or being, noticing any thoughts that come up with it, whatever the nature of the thoughts, simply noticing them. And when you have a sense of this intention in the form of kind thoughts, kind wishes, kind feelings, when you have a sense of that for the person, then extending these same wishes for loving kindness, of loving kindness, May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you be well, no matter what this person's state of health, wishing them inner well-being, mental well-being. Keeping their good qualities in mind, the kindnesses or support that they show in mind, wishing them, may you be happy. And sincerely wishing for them, may you live with ease. May you have mental ease.
And as you continue in silence with this practice, also noticing any thoughts that come up with respect to sending these wishes of kindness to this person. Not necessarily going off and thinking about it, but just noticing any thoughts that bubble up. As a part of cultivating this quality of metta or loving kindness, 
it's important to acknowledge all the ways we practice it beyond the sitting meditation we do. So we're starting the cultivation of kindness by the way we think about ourselves and other people during the day. Uh, You might consider coming back throughout the day whenever you remember to notice whether your thoughts are kind or not. And not to worry if they're not kind, you just have to observe what is going on, you know. Maybe looking at what conditions are present that support kind thoughts and what conditions are present when kindness is difficult to access. Um, We're cultivating this uh, not just on the cushion, you know, in meditation, but in the way we interact throughout the day in supportive conditions as well as the most difficult conditions we experience. And uh, one of the ways that we're cultivating this has to do with the way we do these breakout groups. So I'd like to talk about them as a formal practice this evening before we do anything. And please stay with this, even if you don't participate in them, because this is about carrying this mindfulness practice into your interactions. So these are not social conversations. And one way to think about your day is to think about some of your interactions as formal practice when you want to keep practicing. So this makes them different. It's treating something as a formal practice makes it different from the ordinary social interactions that you might have. So you could think of them as a continuation of the meditation. And anytime you can, whether it's in our breakout groups or in an interaction with a friend or a family member or a colleague, think of it as a continuation of meditation during which you speak mindfully, as mindfully as you can, and listen with care rather than focusing on kind of the ordinary back and forth. Um, The encouragement with our groups is to stay on topic. And the evening's teacher, including me this evening, will pose a specific question or a topic related to the evening's teaching. So to practice mindfulness, please stick to sharing about that topic and listening to what other people share. Um, so this is a time when you set aside and you're, you don't engage in um, ordinary chit-chat. Like you don't talk about where you live or what the weather is or something that happened during your day. You're talking about the topic. And then we, we often say in these groups, avoid crosstalk. This actually is great in personal conversations during the day as well. Um, People may be a little startled if you don't do this, but if you really profoundly listen to people in your life, instead of crosstalk, it's really helpful. So we teachers may say no crosstalk. And what that means is don't comment, don't offer opinions, don't interrupt, don't ask questions on what somebody else is sharing, don't share more until they've had their full turn. So it's about listening fully to the other person. And it also means not attempting to teach the other group member or the other person you're in conversation with. I I think many of us can relate to 
being able to talk to a friend without having the friend try to teach us or improve us in any way, but just listening. So breakout groups in this uh, context here in happy hour are not the time to ask other group members questions. Even if you don't completely understand what they just shared, just listen. And definitely not commenting on anyone else's appearance or where they live or their name. None of the casual kinds of things you might do. So if you're not accustomed to practices like this, notice how it feels in you. Notice what comes up when you're just silent and listening mindfully instead of doing the usual social things. Um, Also in our groups, take turns and be brief. So each member of the group is invited to share their first name and one brief answer to the evening's topic at a time, taking turns with each member of the group sharing one brief answer or reflection and only when it's your turn. Then being mindful of your reactions internally is so important. So as we listen to other members sharing or other people in our lives sharing, noticing mindfully any reactivity, any commentary that's coming up in ourself. And this is a huge part of development and practice. Keep it internal and work with it. Don't say it out loud. Work with it in here. Because let's face it, when we listen to other people, reactivity and commentary does come up very often. Another thing that's specific to our groups is that it's not group therapy. So I want to say many of us, most of us may come to happy hour and to meditation practice to work with stress, suffering, and dissatisfaction. Painful stuff. And it's really good to be aware that Everyone else is also working with their own set of challenges. But these 10-minute breakout groups are not therapy groups. And a lot of kinds of suffering really deserve the care, the professional support, and the attention of a counselor or a professional therapist or someone you trust. A 10-minute session for sharing reflections in happy hour um, is not going to be enough time to discuss the kinds of relational issues, emotional distress, trauma, or addiction issues that may be bringing you to practice. Um, Keep this in mind out of respect for the care that those challenges deserve, you deserve, and also out of respect for other reasons that fellow group members are here. Um, Nobody's really here to provide counseling. They're here to learn from their practice. And then finally, respecting confidentiality, um, showing up with integrity for yourself and others, meaning what is shared in a small group stays in the small group. Please don't mention what was shared or who shared it to others. Even when you come back to the large group, you can say how you were inspired, but, you know, I my uh, intention in sharing all of this is not only to support mindfulness of speaking and kindness in your daily life, but to support it here in the group. It's amazing with everything that everyone's dealing with, how much these fundamentals can support care and mindfulness. So with that said, for this evening's breakout group, here's the topic. 
what were some of the thoughts you had this evening that were supportive for cultivating kindness for yourself or cultivating kindness for the uh, supportive person, the, the caring person in your life? And um, we'll start in the small groups with the person whose name is starts with the letter that's latest in the alphabet. So Z goes first and then work your way backwards from there. And again, share one thing at a time. So I am going to arrange the breakout groups right now. And, you know, see how this goes for you. I'm, I welcome any questions that will come from this because sometimes it's new and unfamiliar doing this kind of process. Um, so uh, let's see how this goes. And I just want to do one quick check. If for any reason you find yourself in a room that somebody else doesn't join, no worries. Hang out there for a minute and I will find you and place you in another room. So enjoy the 10 minutes. <laughs> 